Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Ground Up podcast. I'm back again with another CEO interview, uh, Get to Know the CEO. And today we've got Mark Manheimer on with us. Mark is the CEO of NetStreet, ticker symbol is NTST. And Mark, it's good to see you today. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. I uh, appreciate it, Brad. Mark, this week was, uh, I guess, an anniversary for you. I understand you were uh, in New York at the uh, New York Stock Exchange uh, yesterday or this week. Uh, celebrating the one-year anniversary since uh, going public, and boy, time flies. So, congratulations on that on that milestone event. Uh, obviously, the market has responded very favorably to NetStreet over the last year uh, during this pandemic. Um, and so, now we're here in the second quarter. We just wrapped that up, of course. Uh, NetStreet has a very strong uh, investment-grade rated portfolio, just under seventy percent investment grade. Uh, some of the top tenants, uh, top three, I just looked at in the deck, 7-Eleven, Lowe's, Advance, Auto Park. So, Mark, uh, I guess I assume that's still your game plan. You're still sticking with the blueprint of uh, high quality net lease long-term properties. Is that correct? Yeah, no, that, that, that's right, Brad. So, um, you know, that's a question that we do get a lot from investors as, you know, things start to reopen and uh, start to become a little bit more of a risk on environment. You know, we, we get asked whether we're going to change our strategy. Uh, start, you know, uh, kind of going down the, the credit curve a little bit more. But, uh, you know, we're going to continue to to stick to our knitting uh, and, you know, really focus on those higher quality, uh, you know, retailers and, and assets in, in the net lease space. And, you know, we really feel like, you know, there's going to be disruption in retail. Uh, you know, everything's going to be you know, cyclical. And, you know, we want to provide the, the most consistent cash flow uh, opportunities to our investors. Great. Well, it looks like in the second quarter you uh, delivered or, or closed on about a hundred, just over hundred and twenty million dollars of deals. Um, what types of, of of credits did you see in that in that uh, latest acquisition uh, and during the second quarter? Yeah, sure. So uh, more of the same. I mean, we increased um, our exposure to what we call investment grade profile tenants, which are uh, in investment grade you know tenants that don't have a rating but are over a billion dollars. Uh, and revenues, but less than two times debt to EBITDA. So ones that we think would likely have an investment grade rating uh, if they actually went out and got a rating. So we think we're getting a little bit more alpha for, for similar beta uh, in, in those types of situations. And then maintained, uh, like you said, about a 70% uh, investment grade uh, portfolio, which, you know, which we think will continue to serve as well. Uh, you know, of those deals, uh, you know, looks a lot like everything else that we've been buying, uh, you know, over the past year and a half or so. Uh, and I, you know, the one larger uh, transaction that we did was a sale lease back with with 7-Eleven. I, I think it, you know, very attractive pricing, uh, you know, added to our number one concentration. You know, I think over time, as we scale the portfolio, uh, you know, we start getting up closer to two or three billion dollars in assets. Uh, we'd like to keep all concentrations below five percent. Uh, that one has creeped up a little bit with that acquisition, but it was, you know, an opportunity that we thought was mispriced that we could take advantage of. Uh, and, and so we, we jumped all over that one. Sure. Well, uh, as you know, uh, that cost of capital really has moved up uh, or moved down to your advantage. Of course, I'm referring to the equity uh, multiple has certainly expanded. I think the last time we called up, uh, you had just gotten in and a little more coverage. Uh, I think one of maybe one of the indexes, and uh, certainly uh, we we started uh, picking up coverage on the company as well. So. Looks like your cost of capital is extremely attractive today. So can you kind of touch on that and how how you're able to utilize both your, your balance sheet and your overall cost of capital now to acquire 
and be competitive with with some of these uh, 7-Eleven type opportunities? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, that that is kind of the name of the game and at least a little bit different than uh, what you see in different asset classes uh, in Reitland and that, you know, it's very much an external growth game. Um, and so, you know, we're very protective of our cost of capital, making sure that we're you know, communicating very clearly with investors and you know, reaching expectations or hopefully, you know, uh, exceeding the expectations that, that we lay out. Like, like you said, it's been very positively uh, received in the market. Uh, and, you know, you need to be able to use your, especially your equity capital uh, accretively. Uh, and so having a strong stock price allows us to raise equity, go buy uh, assets with the, with that equity uh, and do it very accretively, which, you know, you know kind of gets you into a cycle where your, your AFFO per share continues to grow and allows you to pay uh, more dividends over time to investors, which is what really I think most people are interested in when they're when they're looking at, acquire, you know, acquiring or investing in uh, a net lease REIT. They're looking for that dividend and they want to see you know, the dividend grow over time. Sure. Well, certainly uh, you've only been uh, public for a year, but uh, market cap is just over a billion dollars right now. Do you look to uh, get into investment grade rating here at some point with some unsecured? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like you said, I mean, we're a little bit small uh, to go out to the rating agencies at this point. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when we start getting closer to uh, $2 billion in assets, that's kind of where we think the bogey will be. Uh, due to the fact that we do have a very uh, you know high quality portfolio, we should be able to go out and get a get an investment grade rating, and then you know access the unsecured bond market. That's really kind of the tried and true uh, approach uh, that I've you know grown accustomed to. Going back to my you know, realty income days, you know, called 15 years ago, you just you know make sure you've got a really good cost of equity uh, and be able to access the unsecured uh, you know bond market and get very attractive debt and try to match fund your your assets and liabilities as best you can. Uh, and, and, and accretively grow. Uh, and that's really a formula that has worked extraordinarily well for others. And we see no reason to, to try to be different. Uh, you know, uh, we just want to make sure that we're executing the plan, uh, you know, as well as we can. Great. Well, um, I want to touch on your management team a little bit, Mark. I know you and I have, have uh, chatted here quite a bit knew you from prior to this, but uh, pretty impressed with your overall management team. You've got a pretty large contingent of REIT uh, experience uh, in your management team, starting with your CFO, uh, as well as a number of other of your uh, key management team have uh, REIT experience in companies like Cyrus One, Duke Realty, for example. Uh, so can you touch on a little bit about how you've built out this management team? Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, you know, especially in that lease, uh, you're not doing a lot of operations at the at the uh, at the stores that you own. So uh, and you're, so you're able to really scale the business uh, and own you know billions of dollars of assets, but not a giant uh, employee base. So you know getting the people part of the equation uh, is really the most important thing uh, as far as we're concerned. Obviously, it's you know underwriting and having a strategy and uh, you know and uh, capitalizing your, yourself the right way. Uh, but that really starts with having the right people. You mentioned you know Andy Blocker, our CFO, uh, long term, you know long time uh, REIT CFO. You know going back to his federal days. Federal Realty, which is another great company. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, even looking at the way we built out the board, uh, we really had three major areas that we wanted to make sure that we were getting the best advice that we could. Uh, you know, starting with, you know, we wanted some real estate people and real estate investors uh, that understand, um, you know, can give us advice, uh, you know, on that side. And then, you know, we have, you know, people that can serve on our audit committee and really good capital allocators, uh, you know, and building out, you know, and that's really what you typically see uh, with uh, with REITs. But the other piece that we think that we've added 
which really, you know, you see it throughout our entire organization is we've got a people person uh, with, uh, with Heidi Everett. She's a you know, human resources, uh, you, know, um, you know, executive and has done you know, extraordinarily well and has really been helpful to us and how we think about building the right culture uh, within, within the uh, company. And, you know, sure, we've got a lot of experience with REITs. We've got a lot of, you know, capital markets experience, but we have a group of people that really enjoy uh, you know, working together, we actually just recently hired a new uh, head of HR, uh, Brandy Williams, who has been, you know, really a lot of fun to w- work with and is, you know, really enjoys coming to work every day and engaging uh, with the people and making sure that we're communicating in the right way uh, throughout the organization, not just externally. That's obviously, uh, you know, part of what we're doing here today, uh, but making sure that we're getting, you know, reaching out to investors and you know, making sure that they understand what our strategy is, what we're trying to do. But, you know, you know how you communicate uh, internally. You know, has people kind of rooting for you know green lights on the way to, on their way to work rather than rooting for red lights. I think you know most people have kind of been in situations where you've been on both sides of that. Uh, and when you're really excited to go to work and you you know you can't wait to get there, uh, you know you're thinking more creatively uh, and you know you have that camaraderie and it really allows us to to have everyone try to pick each other up and try to help each other and you know uh, and it's really led to a lot of it's been a lot of fun for me. I know it's been a lot of fun for the team. You, know, you mentioned you know we, we we've been public for a year now got to ring the bell at the new york stock exchange yesterday so that was another really fun team building uh day for us to kind of celebrate some victories but i think most people are really more excited about the future uh and what we can really build than even what we've achieved which has been a lot uh over the past couple of years yeah. well um i just as you were speaking i was looking at your board uh constituency and you have a very diverse board of course uh You've got five of uh, five uh, independent directors, and I do want to give a shout out to Heidi Everett here. I don't know her, but uh, one of the things that that I see is that uh, you know, she's uh, Armed Forces uh, experience, yeah. so uh, Air Force, so uh, uh, really that means a lot to me and some of our team uh, as well. Um, so let's talk about the dividend. Uh, we always talk about this, Mark, and of course you know this. Uh, you know this is probably the most important factor for investors, not just read investors, but just all investors. I, I'm, I'm now rereading the uh, securities analysis, uh, which is a pretty long read. I've started it last night, uh, but you can never get enough uh, Ben Graham or uh, uh, Dodd. And um, but, you know, a lot of the chapters, you got a whole chapter on dividends and how important it is to pay out the dividend. Of course, REITs are forced to pay out dividends by law. Um, but let's talk about your dividend. I know that's important to your company in terms of the payout ratio. Obviously, the yield is not as much as uh, we'd like to see it today. Uh, you've really moved up. It's about 3.1%. But uh, uh, how do you feel about the safety of your dividend at this time? Yeah, no, that's exactly right. I mean, you know, going back to even, you know, we talked about you know, maintaining your, you know, the, the, your equity valuation so you can accretively grow uh, and keeping your credibility. Uh, while it's very important to make sure that you're you know, growing your AFFOs, which allows you to uh, you know, you know, pay a growing dividend, you know, we think that's really important, but it's also just as important to never cut it. So, uh, you know, that's uh, that can oftentimes be kind of the, the death knell for, uh, you know, for some REITs. And so, um, you know, we want to get to a, you know, we want to kind of balance between a two thirds and three quarters AFFO per share uh, payout ratio. Uh, and, you know, once we get there and we've deployed all of the capital, uh, from our most recent equity raise, we start to get pretty close to that. And I think that's when we can start thinking about um, increasing the dividend. Again, you know, I always 
like to put out the caveat that that's a board decision, not a management decision. Um, you know, a lot of our advice obviously, obviously goes into that. Uh, but I think that's the that's the overall mentality that, you know, that we plan to, to have is, you know, kind of try to keep it safe, but, you know, make sure that we're rewarding the investors uh, by paying out uh, dividends. And, yeah, I mean, we've had a bit of an, a run up uh, in the stock over the past, you know, you know, past few months, which I think is great, which means we can, you know, creatively buy and kind of really kind of, uh, you know, put a little bit of gasoline on the fire with our with our, with our AFO accretion. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that does mean that our, our yield is down a little bit at this point, you know, uh, you know, it's the inverse relationship there. Uh, but we, you know, we certainly think that, you know, we'll be able to continue to increase the, the dividend uh, for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Now, I think you've done a great job with that and setting that dividend. I think I want to give you credit for that. We've been covering this this REIT market now for about a decade, and we've seen a number of these companies that list or go public, and um, and you know the dividends are high. I mean, it's you're almost like tempting you know these retail investors to jump in at these high yields, but they're not sustainable, or you certainly have to kind of claw your way back down to a to a safe payout ratio. So I. Uh, I really want to acknowledge that I think you've done a great job with setting that dividend at the right rate. Now you've got room to run. And I think investors really will appreciate, I certainly appreciate that. Um, I'd much rather have that dividend grow than have to worry about a dividend cut in the future. Um, last thing I want to talk about a little bit, a little subjective, but uh, you know, I know you've guided for AFFO in the 95 to 99 cents range uh, for, for 21. Interestingly, I looked at uh, before we jumped on this call, I looked at the, your analyst coverage and you've got some pretty strong numbers out there with your analyst community for 2022 and 23. This is the consensus estimates that we look at about 24 percent for 22. Uh, again, there's there's not that many analysts in some of your peers, but still you're starting to grow that analyst base. And that's a pretty bullish sign. So my question for you not to get into guidance of 22 and 23, but is that pipeline out there, Mark? I mean, how much? You know, I've, I've, I've spoken with a number of your your CEO peers in the net lease sector, and obviously this this sector is really on fire. Uh, but do you see that pipeline out there? Do you see those opportunities out there? And, uh, uh, you know, how 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 hard of a time are you do you see in terms of sourcing new deals? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we do see our pipeline, if anything, actually growing. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of repeat business. Uh, with you know some people that we've um, you know closed some transactions with, we really focus on trying to do what we say we're going to do, and you know sometimes there are issues that come up in indulgence, and we work through those. Um, uh, but I think keeping our word and not trying to retrade and do those types of things, which sometimes you see with you know various types of buyers, you know has allowed us to really get a lot of repeat business uh, and understand how a lot of the sellers you know operate, and, and it's really kind of helped us build a larger pipeline. Uh, and now uh, we kind of make it difficult on ourselves every quarter uh, in that we um, really try to lay out what the opportunity set is, what fits our criteria uh, and where we think the, the assets are the most mispriced and where we can get opportunities, where we can pick up a little bit more cap rate. And, you know, you look at the very high percentage investment grade uh, and investment grade profile tenants that we continue to add to our, our portfolio quarter in and quarter out. And we've seen our acquisitions volumes move up a little bit um, each quarter. And so, um, you know, being able to kind of chop off that tail of the bell curve of what's the most inefficiently priced has allowed us to get better cap rates than what you've seen uh, with, with the other REITs, which is, you know, something that it, we just have to make it hard on ourselves every quarter uh, and really maximize, uh, you know, the, you know, the, you know, we're in this period of time where we have 
uh, a smaller asset base where we can really get a lot of AFFO, AFFO accretion. Uh, I think the name of the game is add the best assets that you can at the best pricing that you can and really try to uh, you know, supercharge the, you know, the growth of the company in an, in an efficient manner. And so um, it is, you know, it, you know, I guess it is probably a little bit tempting when you start to see your uh, stock price really start to get to the point where you know, you're trading at a much lower cap rate uh, than where you're acquiring assets. Um, you can get lazy and just start buying everything uh, and not worry about the pricing. But we think it's much smarter to be more measured and make sure we understand what we're underwriting, what we're putting in the portfolio and make sure that there are assets that we can live with long term and that we're getting rewarded for the risk and trying to get as much alpha for, you know, for as little beta as we can and get the best best risk risk adjusted returns we can. And I think, you know, we've been able to do that for you know each of the, the six quarters that we've been or the four quarters that we've been public in the six quarters since that, since we've been around. Uh, and we think we can continue to do that. Great. Well, Mark, I want to, again, congratulate you again in the first year. Um, great job and look forward to seeing you in November coming up at the, I guess, NARI conference in uh, Las Vegas. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll see you then. And uh, thanks again for your time today. Thanks, Brad. Really appreciate the time. You bet.